Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to episode 239 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellant. Joining us on the program today is Joan Smiley of British Columbia, Canada. She's here to tell the remarkable story of her mother-in-law, who almost two years ago was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer of the vaginal rectal lining tissue. And after taking cannabis oil, her mother-in-law was cancer-free a year later. She's also going to tell us a couple of other stories, one of which is about her father-in-law, who was diagnosed with skin cancer, and within weeks, not months, but weeks, was cancer-free. And I thank Joan for telling us these fascinating stories. And Joan, welcome to the program. Hi there. Now, Joan, take us back two years and tell us the story of your mother-in-law's cancer diagnosis. Okay, well, she, uh, it was actually uh, a bit of a process for she was, um, had a biopsy done locally, and that came back negative. And she went to go see a specialist because she still had a fistula. And when she seen the specialist, he said he wanted to do another biopsy and have it checked again because he didn't feel comfortable with it. And when that biopsy came back, it was positive. And that uh, she was then diagnosed with stage four squamous cell carcinoma. Um, and after she had, of course, the, the CT scan, MRI, PET scans, um, they, they isolated it and it was, uh, it, as you said, in the, in the tissues, um, between her vaginal and rectal tissues there. So they started her on a six week program of chemo and radiation on October 27th of 2017, um, she started her cannabis oil about a week before she started the radiation. How did you get her on cannabis oil? I, right away, as soon as she was diagnosed, I just went online and just felt the urge to find out as much information as I could about cannabis oil and cancer treatment, just because I had heard a lot about it and the benefits of it, um, just through family, friends and, and different things. So I began to research and I actually found Corey and, uh, searched her out, um, and got a lot of great information from her that I was able to pass on as well and, uh, source, uh, a great, uh, resource for cannabis oil. So I was able to get her the, the 60 grams. So she was able to start that right away. Um, and she did like the full 60 grams in 90 days. Joan, what was, what was the prognosis? What, like, you know, what, what were they saying to her? Um, it wasn't good. I know, just in the research, you know, on, on that type of cancer, it's, 
it's uh, like you're lucky to have a 20% recovery rate. So it, it wasn't a high recovery. Um, and they were quite concerned it was spreading. So they that's why they had sent her for the PET scans and everything, because they thought it was spreading to her liver. Um, so once she had finished her treatment, um, they didn't really do anything besides follow-up blood tests, um, which was like once a week she would get blood tests done. And then it wasn't until July 3rd of 2018, so like over six months after she was finished, her radiation, that's when she went in to get her PET scan. Um, And that was just the follow-up to, I guess, see if the cancer was still there. Um, Once she had that PET scan, she got a call right away uh, from the radiologist who was more than, you know, amazed, let's say, that there was no cancer there. Joan, when you told your mother-in-law you wanted to start her on cannabis, what was her response? (laughs) Um, hmm. (laughs) Half the family's a bit mixed in that sense where we, uh, there's there's a few of us cannabis users and pro cannabis. <laughs> so she was absolutely not pro cannabis at the time. Um, but I was able to put, you know, put forward the research that I had looked up uh, to convince her that this was going to be beneficial for her. How did she um, handle? How did she handle uh, taking cannabis? How how old a woman was she? Where is she, she she's uh, fifty nine now. Okay, so, so did she start out small and go slow? Did she do it orally, yeah, so rectally? What, what we did was we started. Um, it was with a hundred milligram uh, gel capsules. So we had those. She was able to start right away um she started doing them rectally before her radiation because we obviously we were told she wouldn't feel the psychoactive effects and that was a big thing for her where she didn't want to feel uh, high in any way from it so she that she had a bit of fear of that so anyways with the suppositories Um, She didn't feel any psychoactive effects and she was able to build up her tolerance right away. Um, Unfortunately, with the radiation, it did a lot of damage. So she wasn't able to do suppositories about halfway through uh, the treatment. So she began to to slowly um, take them orally. So she would start taking them at nighttime orally, and then she was able to build up a tolerance. And she was taking a whole gram a day orally. She was taking 200 milligram pills, five of them a day. And she she slept a lot on the couch. <laughs> uh, she rested well while she was healing, um, but she didn't feel like any bad psychoactive effects or anything from it, I think, because she had built such a tolerance. At any time, did she want to quit taking the cannabis? Um, when she, actually, when, when, she was, when she was taking it orally? Yeah, we actually took, uh, we, we got her her first 
uh, it was a 30 grams at, at once because it was really expensive. Um, and of course we were on a budget. We could, we didn't get it all at once. So when we got the first batch and she had done that, she said, uh, I'm okay. You guys don't have to spend the money. I'll be okay. Um, but she, it was about a week. She went without the pills and she was so sick from the radiation, um, that we got her the other batch right away and said, Nope, you're taking the full 60 grams. So she, she started taking those of course right away. Um, but at the end she, there were, there was no way she was going to stop taking it because she knew it was helping her. She, when she took that time off of it, she knew she had to take it again. So she, she became a quick convert. Oh yes, she did. And now she, uh, (laughs) although she did not tell her physicians that she used this as her treatment, she will preach it to anybody else who will listen. So she's definitely an advocate and, and knows that that is what, um, cured her cancer. That's uh, that's an interesting, very interesting story. So on October 27th of 2017, mm-hmm. she started her treatment. July 3rd of 2018, was she declared cancer-free at that date? Yes, yes. So that's, uh, what, seven, nine months later? Yes. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And her doctors did not know that she was taking cannabis? No. No, she felt uncomfortable to tell them because she didn't want uh, the backlash. She didn't want them to say that she, then it would interfere with her treatment she was doing with them. So she she just didn't want to tell them. Yeah, it interfered with the treatment. All right, it made her feel better. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did, and she knew that it was the best thing for her when she was getting the radiation because not only did it help with the pain, uh, but it helped so much mentally, um, just for her to, you know, to absorb what was going on and know, you know, she was going to come out on top of everything and not let it consume her because finding out when you have cancer, um, I don't know myself personally, but I've watched it, uh, you know, like a monster come into a family and just, it, it just has such an impact around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's such a, a powerful word in its own self. Just, the word. Uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was going to say just the word cancer is terrifying to anyone. And, yes. and a doctor says you have cancer, you have stage four cancer, the recovery rate is 20%. And you must be thinking, my God, I'm going to die this horrible death. Oh. Yeah, most definitely. And of course, you know, as us as family around it's the first thing you start thinking when someone gets diagnosed who's close to you is you're going to lose them, that they're not going to make it because of it. Um, So that was why I've researched as much as I could, because 
you know, I was looking at my kids and this was their grandmother and we wanted to do everything we could do to keep her here. So uh, I, I can be more grateful <laughs> that uh, I was able to contact Corey and uh, another wonderful lady who was able to help us source the oil and uh, essentially save my my kid's grandmother. Now, so. after July the 8th of, of uh, 2018, did she continue with any chemo or radiation? No. So she had no, no other follow-ups. Um, she has since seen the specialist um, in Victoria where they're still looking into her fistula, whether or not they will... Um, proceed with a surgery or not they haven't um, done anything because every time she keeps going it's showing that she's still she's healing still so so she's going in the right direction yes yeah so they're not they don't want to go in there and try to mm-hmm. do surgery if her body's still healing so she's continuing with a maintenance dose um, that she takes orally and she has, since she did the, the 60 grams, uh, she's continued to take a 50 milligram dose every night. The doctors must be wondering what she's done. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Although <laughs> none of them have asked her. <laughs> um, uh, but it's definitely... We all of us as a family know definitely that it's what's what saved her, and we watched it work again with uh, with my father-in-law as well. Yeah, tell us that story about his skin cancer. Well, that that was also terrifying because we had just gone through this battle with our with our mother-in-law, um, and it was within a month after she was. Um, diagnosed like cancer free in July. So he went in, uh, just, I think as routine wanted to get a spot checked out on his leg. And they said, uh, it looked suspicious, uh, as it was looked like cancer. So they were going to do a biopsy right away. So they did a biopsy and that same day I gave him, um, a syringe of oil and, just said, you know, put this on the bandage and put it on the spot. So he did that consecutively um, for three and a half weeks. They had him scheduled right away for surgery to remove the entire spot. What kind of skin um, cancer was it? So it was the exact same cancer. It was squamous cell carcinoma that he had uh, on his legs. So uh, he went in three and a half weeks later. They did the surgery uh, to remove that whole spot because it still, you could still see the spot even though it had healed up from the biopsy, um, but there was still visibly like something there. So they took it all out. And when they tested that uh, three and a half weeks later after he was applying the cannabis oil, uh, just on a bandage every day, and taking a small 50 milligram dose orally at night every day. 
and he was uh, cancer-free within three and a half weeks later. They did the surgery and they did another biopsy on that and it came back negative. I see. So he had the cancer. He had some remnants of the cancer of the, I don't want to say cancer, had some remnants of the disfigurement in his skin biopsy. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they didn't, three and a half weeks later, they're not yeah. going to look at it and say, oh, your cancer is gone. They just went ahead with the surgery that they had scheduled. Yeah. And then they did a so, te- test on it and uh, there was no sign of cancer. None. So explain that, how there was three and a half weeks earlier it tested positive. Yeah. What did the doctor say? Whoops, I made a mistake. No, they, they, were, they were amazed, but they, uh, he, I don't think, um, told them what he had done. Oh, these sneaky older Either. people. I know. (laughs) No. Why? I would be (laughs) so so throwing that back at them. (laughs) Is he doing a maintenance dose of oil? He is as well. So they both continue with a maintenance dose. It's also uh, a sleep aid. So So instead of a glass of wine at night, they both have a a little bit of oil and exactly. Uh, my mother-in-law will still have her glass of wine, but yes, she <laughs> will do her maintenance dose as well. And they are both converts now. Oh, yes. Yes. I actually know my father-in-law. He's always been a connoisseur. Oh, so. I see. Okay. <laughs> so he had no problem with it whatsoever. You know, telling the, telling the story reminds me of an interview I did. Uh, Corey was away at the time. This was several years ago to uh, an ex-U.S. Uh, soldier who moved to Vietnam. He was in the Vietnam War, but he had this growth behind his ear, and it was just a horrible-looking thing. And he said it it smelled and it was poking out of the back of his ear. And he decided to use cannabis on it. And he rubbed cannabis on it uh, every day. And he showed the the after picture and it disappeared and actually fell off. And it stuck Mm -hmm. out of the back of his ear. It fell off. But um, all he did, all he had left was just this pink area behind his ear. It was fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, it's... it's amazing. It, it really is amazing. I've witnessed it myself firsthand time and time again, um, that it just, it, it, there's nothing that can explain it. It's, I don't understand why there's not more research being done, uh, why it's not in the forefront of, you know, our medical field, why it's not being used on a, on a daily basis. Well, that's, that's easy to answer, Joan, because there's more (laughs) money in pharmaceuticals than there is in healing people. Yeah. The pharmaceutical companies aren't there to heal people. They're in there to create customers. Mm -hmm. Now you have also have another story of uh, a family friend who had cancer of the larynx. And yes, given, this, given a year to live. Take us through that. So this was a friend of the family um, who just recently went in, um, and this is uh, back in June, I think it was now. He went in and, and uh, got 
a, a scope in his throat, right? So they seen there was this white tumor, basically. You could see it in the images that they had taken. And it was uh, right next to his larynx in his throat, so his voice box, right? So they told him um, he needed to do radiation. So he did a... It was a small amount of radiation for a few weeks, whether it was about six weeks, the same as my mother-in-law. So he did that, and his throat was really red and, of course, like did the radiation damage that you see with everyone that gets it. It burns your skin, basically, from the inside out. Um, So he had that done. Now, they went in and did another scope, a few weeks after he was finished his radiation. And that is when they said, uh, we're sorry. Um, it's not going away. The radiation didn't do anything. And you have one year to live. Uh, we can do a surgery and remove your entire voice box and put you on a feed bag and that may increase your life expectancy approximately six months. Um, so at that point, obviously, he was terrified. Uh, he then went actually to the to the states to the Mayo Clinic to get them to look at. Uh, his cancer and see if they could come up with an, an alternative uh, to the feed bag <laughs> um, and if there was anything else that could be done. So before he went down there, um, I had gifted him the 60 grams and said uh, he needs to start taking this and see what it can do. And he started right away with suppositories, uh, about 200 milligram dose, and worked his way up to uh, a gram a day uh, within a week. Uh, He didn't feel any psychoactive effects or anything from it, still drove and went to work and everything as well. Was he doing suppositories or oral? Suppositories. Okay, thank you. Yes, he started right away with suppositories. Um, and continued with them um, because his cancer in his throat and everything as well. So everything's a bit sensitive. So he went um, down to the Mayo Clinic. This was about three weeks after he started taking the oil. And he had another scope done. And the white tumor that you could see in the two previous scopes he had here was now gone. Mm. So that to me right away, I was like, okay, you're, you're on the road to recovery. recovery I think yeah. here on the right track. <laughs> so, yes. so you need to, you know, hold off on what they're telling you to do. Right. So, Anyways, when he was at the Mayo Clinic, they um, they suggested he have a, a small surgery. They go in, remove the red spot that they could see uh, that they called the tumor. But there was no white 
like big tumor that was there before, but it was still red. So anyways, they were going to cut that out um, for a measly, you know, $300,000 US, they would perform that surgery for him. (laughs) So he opted out of that um, and came back home. Um, obviously excited to see the scope and it showed like drinking, but still, you know, his family, you know, wanted him to move forward with the surgery. So he went to the specialists here in, in, uh, in Victoria. And so they did the surgery that was about four weeks ago now um, they went in and took out those little red spots that they could see there was still a few spots but there was no tumor there anymore Uh, they cut those spots out and two weeks later uh, he got a phone call um, that he was in fact cancer free that the spots they removed in his throat where they just you know went to town slicing around his larynx and everything (laughs) um, to get these said was cancer out of him and they came back tested uh, negative there was no cancer you know Joan when you started telling the story and you mentioned the fact that uh, the family wanted him to have the surgery family pressure can be so overbearing Mm -hmm. Uh, beyond yeah. Beyond. We hear so many stories, and Corey's heard far more than I, of people who have tried cannabis oil, want cannabis oil, taken cannabis oil. It's worked, but the family wants them to have the conventional medical protocol, and they go mm-hmm. downhill from there. Yeah, I've had patients die several oh, times, yeah. several times. and. And majority of it, I would say, is from the surgery, from the chemo and or radiation. Or from the chemo, I've yeah. Seen. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. I had one guy convinced he wanted to do oil all the way. He had lung cancer, bowed to the pressure of having chemo. They hooked up his IV for his first chemo, uh, turned it on. And the minute it hit his system, he, he dropped dead. Yeah. Remember no, the... It uh, is- Awesome. Sorry, Joan, remember the lady that we did the interview with, uh, and um, it was one of the shorter interviews, and there was family mm. pressure. You oh, know? yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah well, had it. Yeah, was it Joan? No. Jo- Joan? Was it Joan? Or too Mark? Many, too many Joans. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Anyway, she had, she had brain cancer, lung cancer, um, something else. Bone, I think. Bone cancer, yeah. And she was being healed with cannabis. The cancer was disappearing, but family pressure convinced her that she should have chemo and radiation, and she died. Yeah, oh. from the treatment. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's been really uh, horrible cases, a, a scenario actually of my mother-in-law. I, when she was diagnosed, a dear friend of hers who she worked with was a nurse, she was diagnosed at the same time and she when she was diagnosed um and my mother-in-law mentioned you know the cannabis oil she just declined 
she she didn't want to try it. She mm-hmm. didn't um, she didn't have any faith in it. I I'm assuming because she was in the medical field, um, so she didn't she didn't um, did she just didn't want to do it. And even her family and friends, uh, other family and friends mentioned it to her. She declined, and unfortunately, um, she recently just passed away from her cancer. So that was really hard on my mother-in-law to watch, uh, knowing, you know, that she could have done something to prevent it. But You know, I know this fellow, and I've known him since, oh boy, the early 80s. And I ran into him the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, uh, how are you doing? And he says, fine. He says, but uh, I've got prostate cancer. So I told him about cannabis, told him about Cannabis Health Radio, and then I ran into him again, and he still hasn't tried cannabis, but he's on a new drug. And I thought, okay. And I just, people put their faith in these new experimental drugs, but when you tell them about cannabis, which has been around for thousands of years, they immediately say no. And you know what? You can't convince people to do something they don't want to do. But no, and and you know what? Uh, there's a lot of confusion about it, um, where people think that they need to smoke it, or eat brownies, or things to in order to cure their cancer, and that's absolutely not the method. Is going to benefit you. You're, you know, it, I'm going to say a hundred percent. I believe that the suppositories are what work. Uh, the 60 grams in 90 days is mm-hmm. what works. Um, and people need to be aware, like if there was a way to get it out there, like <laughs> where I wasn't getting incarcerated for doing so, I would be standing out front of the cancer clinic myself, handing out uh, <laughs> 60 grams to everyone walking out the door. <laughs> no, that's good for you. But I got kids. <laughs> yeah. Joan, the fellow who had the larynx cancer, is he okay now? Everything's fine? 100%. He actually is going to do another dose. Uh, he wants to do another 60 grams in 90 days. So he obviously terrified when you get a diagnosis of, mm-hmm. you know, you've got one year to live. You need to get your affairs in order. Um, he He knows that it worked. And he wants to still continue and get as much in his system as possible. So he's going to continue with a with a high um, high dose suppository for the next few months. Joan, how does it feel to save someone's life? Uh, oh, now you're going to get me. Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't even explain the gratitude. Um, that uh, I feel for a plant, for a plant, uh, it's beyond. Um, I, I'm just so grateful that I took those steps to research and to find out more information and to find out how to make it myself and to be able to provide, you know, a cure to family and friends who 
you know, without it could very well lose their lives. So I, I couldn't be more grateful. Joan, you're a wonderful human being, and we thank you so much for telling these stories. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm glad I could be here and, you know, to spread the word. Yeah, thank you so much, Joan. And uh, it, it is emotional, isn't it? It's uh, crazy yeah. emotional. Beyond, yeah. beyond. I've been doing a lot of reflecting, actually, <laughs> and just looking back, um, I think uh, just knowing that even right now that there's um, been five people that I've been able to help uh, make a difference in their lives, it's it's it fills my heart. It really does. Joan, have a glass of wine and enjoy it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you, Joan. All right. Appreciate Thank you. It. Take care. You too. Bye now. She had some remarkable stories, Corey. Yeah, she really did. Yeah, she, yeah that's yeah. for sure. So she she went from this woman who didn't know a whole lot, reached out to me, got her pointed in the right direction, et cetera, to now where she's making her own oil for her family. Yeah, it's great. That's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'd like to thank Ron Zahar of Rowan Sound, uh, our producer, our stellar producer. Thank you, Ron. And thank Mark in Belgium, who posts our podcasts on YouTube. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. And we hope that uh, you can get something out of these interviews, as uh, Joan did. And if you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, or go on Patreon and contribute. We'd very much appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.